Well, good evening. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinatu Guma, uh, David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities, and Wayne Makari from FNB Wealth and Investments. Join me now to unpack your stock-related questions this evening. Uh, should you have any uh, questions, please send those uh, via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za, or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, no blonde again uh, today for the second Wednesday in a row. <laughs> no, we think, we think you're beginning to like us. That's why. You know. <laughs> me too, me too. Like we might no. actually start to have something more permanent here. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding just before anybody panics uh actually yeah so i guess the big uh, macroeconomic thing that's happening right now is the fed so i will not bore everybody we're going straight into the questions because there are actually a lot of them uh the first one is mondi i realize this is a tricky stock but i took a punt anyway and now see a small gain in its price with a hold for the midterm uh what would make it tricky um uh, starting with you david um is it all Russia or are there other things that would make it tricky, a tricky stock? I, th I think they've sorted that out or they will sort that out. Yeah. I think one of the big problems is it's a very competitive area. But Mondi's a well-run business. And, and it's, I think Wayne spoke about it last week and uh, correctly so. You know, today, if you go and, and, and look at e-commerce, every one of the parcels that arrives is in a cardboard box in corrugated, uh, and they're well placed in that area. So it's a, it's a very solid, decent, good business. I was looking at the chart and it's forming a good bottom. You know, when it forms a good bottom, it's base on which uh, all you need is some good uh, numbers or some good news to take it out of that. So I, I think it's in the right territory to look at. I, you know, I'm, I'm bullish. Eh? I'm bullish on what lies ahead globally for the next few months, you know, for the next six months plus. So yeah. I think against that, uh, things are starting to look much better. Yeah. I mean, I do understand that the Russia story was uh, in the price. Um, mm. it, it was a kind of underperforming that stock. Uh, Wayne, on your side, do you think that now with, uh, you know, progress being made on Russia, that it's finally going to get to a place where it's, it's fairly valued? Yeah, look, I mean, it was my stock pick last week and uh, it's a very well-run company. And as David said, Everything you order online now comes in a box. You know, previously the supplier used to send a box, one box with a thousand tubes of toothpaste in it, and then that was put on the shelf. Whereas now online, you know, there's a thousand different boxes for each tube of toothpaste when it when it leaves the, the warehouse on the online shopping. And Mondi's also into specialist paper. And they've made that recent acquisition in the US to try and consolidate their value chain and supply their existing U.S. businesses with the, the raw material, essentially. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good company and it looks cheap. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, there are two questions on Richemont, but the more detailed one uh, goes, Richemont is down 8% this month. Uh, what price is seen as a fair price for this counter uh, below uh, 2500 Question mark. Uh, David? I, I never try to put a price on it. This is a really good business. And, and we say this every week as well. For as long as we've lived, 
everybody's been telling us that it's too expensive and it keeps getting more expensive. <laughs> um, it came back. In fact, if you look at LVMH, we had the same issue, softer sales in the U.S., and the market punished Richmond for that and uh, has punished uh, uh, LVMH for the same reason that America is slightly softer. But I think given time, should things turn around, should China come back on and they're making a big effort to stimulate that economy, uh, you'll continue to see good demand. And the product's good. You know, the, it, it, it's a very good product and uh, a, a very exclusive product. So. I, you know, I'm not bothered about the price. Yes, it's come down, but I can live with it. I mean, uh, David, I hear you that you can't put a price on a really good company, but uh, in this kind of environment, people are really looking for good valuations. Wayne, on your side, um, standing at about 2700 <laughs> I, I share all of David's sentiments about the company, but, you know, when it went to, what, 3200 it, it, it was expensive. Mm. But if you want a number, if it if you if we're lucky enough and it goes to two thousand five hundred net, then I would be a strong buyer because the only fault with the company is that the share price maybe ran ahead. You know, there's nothing underlying wrong with the company at all. So uh, talking about a fair price, sticking uh, with you, Wayne. Um, would you say that it is below two thousand five hundred, and that maybe if you are not in the stock? then maybe wait until that level or is there any other level that you could be looking at? No, well, look, I mean, I don't know if it's going to go to 2,500. As, as David said, you know, yeah. waiting for Richmond to fall is almost betting against the bank. Yeah. Um, but at that level, I certainly would, would be a buyer. Ah. Look, if you buy it now, you might suffer another 10 or 15% loss before it goes up. Mm. All right. All right. Well, let's get into more stocks. Um, hospitality. Uh, in South Africa, uh, can uh, your panel say if they are optimistic about Sun International for the year end, David? Uh, maybe also looking at where the rand is. I think you know um, it's it's good when the rand's weaker. Yeah. <laughs> Foreigners come, um, but there's no end to. I, I think I think that side of the market's starting to pick up. Uh, certainly, I travelled abroad. When I came back, the plane was full. There were lots of student groups. Wherever I, you know, I was in the UK, came back from there. Uh, my wife came back last night or two nights ago. You know, people are coming here and they find it very attractive. They're going to the game parks. They're going to all the attractive areas and that. So I would imagine, despite what we're going through, you know, the last thing you think is that people want to come where there's no electricity or water, but they're coming. You know, they love Cape Town. I absolutely love Cape Town. I love the game parks. Joburg, well, that's a bit of an issue, you know, but, but we can live with that. You know, we harden Joburg people, so it doesn't bother us what's happening here. Uh, David, Cape Town's, so, got, Cape Town's got the sand. We've got Santon. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like Santon City in the world, I promise you. <laughs> Wayne, I also saw another um, uh, question here uh, talking about City Lodge. So while we're on the hospitality Front Sun International City Lodge. Uh, where do you? Th who do you think stands to gain the most here? I think I think Sun International probably will. Although there's nothing wrong with City Lodge, and I concur with David. I think this is a growth, a growth sector, and the shares still looks very cheap, even though Sun International has gone up a little bit. 
and the foreigners are coming here, even though the rand's a little bit stronger, it's still a, a, a total bargain to come out to South Africa. And, you know, where the foreigners stay, they're not affected by load shedding. Mm, yeah. Um, now the share, so, so now that share, I'm just, I just looked while Wayne was talking at the, uh, at the chart. It's slowly creeping up, you know, and it's made, in fact, <laughs> all our market, all the stocks that I've been looking at are all making good patterns. You know, the worst is over. If you, if you look beside some that we'll talk about as well, where there's still structural weaknesses, but you look at Sun International, you look at the bottom and that's creeping up like this, which is a good sign. Very good sign. So I, th I think we've discounted the worst. Yeah. Uh, not a good sign for me that the worst is over. I did have a bet with someone that at around half past eight this evening, uh, the rand would go over 18 rand after the Fed um, implements that interest rate hike. But yesterday when I saw the rand at 1760, I said, let's just scrap the, the bet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> I hear you. Uh, good, good for us, but uh, for South Africa, but bad for me. Um, Wayne, I want to go with you, uh, go to you. Uh, there's a question here on the outlook for Amplats. So the question goes, while, uh, yes, Amplatz. So while I understand the risks in holding a single mineral mining stock such as Amplatz and understand mining stock price cycles, there is the issue of the usefulness of platinum that affects the price. This is a factor other than the influence of mining stock price cycles. It appears that EV progress is going to limit the usefulness of platinum. Would your guest in particular, Wayne, uh, care to comment, please? So the uses of PGMs and the impact of that sentiment on the price. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously I've been banging the drum on Amplats for a while now. It's not, I'm personally not convinced that battery electric vehicles are the answer. Batteries, there are inherent limitations with batteries essentially charging time. I mean, that's the, I know that charging times are getting shorter, but to get those shorter charging times, you either got to go to a charging station or you got to change the electricity feed at your house to a bigger wire because you can only put in, you know, depending on the current that goes into your battery. It's not actually batteries itself, it's, it's the charging. So I still think that there's a very, very good chance that uh, fuel cells would use platinum could actually be the replacement for, for, for batteries. And of course, there are many, many other uses. And just on, just on, um, catalytic converters and using the PGMs in catalytic converters, understand internal combustion engines are going to be with us for a long time. Just roughly speaking, there's 1.3 billion internal combustion engines in the world, overwhelmingly motor cars. There's a hundred million new cars sold each year. So, you know, it, it'll take you 12 years if every single new car sold was electric. And it's not electric vehicles now. You know, maybe it's 10%, I don't know, it's 8%. You know, so it's still going to be a number of years before all vehicle sales are electric. And then it's still going to take 10 years for all the internal combustion engines to be replaced. So, you know, the, 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 the good old diesel and petrol engines still here for, for the foreseeable future. So there will still be demand for platinum ah. for the PGMs. All right. Well, another question on commodity uh, counters. Many of the mining or commodity companies appear to be at quite attractive valuations. I do not have the mm. knowledge to make accurate predictions of commodity cycles, but they look like they are at good prices. I'd love to hear the panel's thoughts on whether or not they think African rainbow uh, minerals 
Kumba Iron or Ansibanye uh, would be sensible buys uh, at the current valuations. Uh, if they have any other possible ideas for mining companies to buy, I'd also be interested to hear their ideas. So African Rainbow Minerals, Kumba Iron or Ansibanye Stillwater. David? I'd, if I had to go in, I'd go in for the diversified miners. I'd take a spread. Yeah. You know, which would, which would embrace all of them. If you buy Anglos, you're already buying Kumba, you're buying Platinum, you're buying Diamonds, you're buying Copper, uh, BHP, the same kind of thing, Iron Ore, Copper, uh, Metallurgical Coal. So I, I, I feel a little safer in, in taking those. BHP, all of them are, you know, looking for alternative energy. I mean, for alternative uh, metals. Um, uh, so... You know, I, I would feel better than taking a single stock bet on Kumba. And also, you've got the risks of what can happen to that particular mine, as we saw yesterday, whether it was cable theft or not being able to get the product through to harbour and so on. Uh, various other issues that 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 with what with a single you know with a single mine. So, if you do believe it's going to turn around, you know, play the big ones. And you've also got Glencore. You've got south 32 so you've got quite a selection african rainbow minerals does more or less fit into that but it's still very heavily uh leaning towards iron ore oh, you know right. so yeah i you know i'm not i'm not averse to holding the big ones actually there's an interesting question here uh, can the panel give their view on platinum rhodium and palladium in the next two years uh, wayne did give his uh, insights on the uh, use cases for pgms so platinum rhodium and palladium in the next two years your view david i just hope they better i think they will go better rhodium has come down dramatically as palladium has palladium was almost three thousand um dollars an ounce which is back now to about, I don't know, 1,200 or thereabouts. It's come back dramatically. And the palladium and erodium prices were behind Anglo Platz's poor numbers. Um, I don't know the mix. I, I wish I could talk on what the mix is and, and where they're likely to go because uh, it's very difficult to understand. We've got a much better grip of, uh, of platinum. Um, platinum's holding, and Wayne explained it, mm. I think, in very good terms. You know, eventually demand will start to pick up or at least hold. Things will change as the global economy starts to stabilize. I would imagine rhodium and palladium would follow the same trend. Yeah. But listen, they're notoriously difficult to read and notoriously volatile. So understand when you're going into a single commodity like that, uh, you take on big risks trying to read them in the short term. Yeah. Uh, well, we did um, we did start off the show with uh, Mondi, uh, Wayne. That was your stock pick last week. Uh, an interesting uh, question here on SAPI. Um, SAPI seems to be sliding. Why and is it a buy at these levels? So, Wayne, uh, would you be buying Mondi and staying away from SAPI or do you think that there is some value in SAPI? And why has it been sliding? Well, look, David, he gave a little uh, smirk there when SAPI came up during <laughs> the, the, the break there. SAPI has disappointed many, many, many investors over the years. I way, way prefer Mondi, but just having said that, SAPI does look cheaper, but this is cyclical. I mean, this company, you know, generally you want to avoid companies that almost went bankrupt and made the emergency rights offer at a 90% discount. 
you know, it just shows it's either the industry or the company or a combination. Mm. Now, I know Sapi was saved, mm. you know, and I know they're into producing not, you know, not glossy paper as much as what they used to do and they produce a celluloid or whatever it is called. This goes but, out. Yeah. yeah, I would rather, I would rather buy a Mondi. Yeah. Yeah, David, you were you were even skeptical when they were recording, um, uh, posting high record uh, quarters last year, and you were still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you know that uh, when they do that, you know the next three quarters are going to be awful. Either debt's <laughs> gone up, or costs have gone up, or there've been some kind of issues. I yeah. don't know they can never get on top of this business, and uh, for for re and I mean it's it's they've got wonderful forests, they've got good factories, I just can't put it together and i you know it's one of those stocks i oh know i just avoid but i think when you get down to those very low levels and i think if you look at the chart it's heading that way it's snaking its way lower and lower there will be a point where you can you can buy it as a trading issue but don't get don't fall in love with the stock <laughs> okay <laughs> not a, a lot of love lost there between you and Sophie. <laughs> uh we have two questions on telcom uh, I'm surprised that Telcom only fell by 4%, probably because the uh, government mm. decided today to hold on to its 40% or so interest. I would have thought that this news would result in a collapse in the share price. Or am I being too uh, cynical? Uh, and then there's also another question. What does the panel think of Telcom's share price, considering the government is going to support them further? Having the government on their side is a major plus considering its short-term financial constraints. Could we see the share price double uh, f to uh, 50 rand uh, in value in two years' time or buy 50 rand in value in two years' time as its market size will surely expand drastically even though margins will come down lower? Uh, Wayne, what are you making of of this? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm worried about telecom and, and the, in this industry, you have got to be a big gorilla. Because otherwise you've got no chance. The capital expenditure to maintain your own network and keep up to date with technology changes is just too massive for the smaller players to afford. We all know what's happened to, let alone telecom's legacy assets, just voice in total. Now, I know the telecom data is going, I know all of that, but they've still got to piggyback on, on the other two players, same as Celsi, to get proper coverage. They just have not got the money. Now, the government wanting to do new things, I mean, this is from 20 years ago. Mm. It's not new, they say. And, of course, we know the government's ability to implement. Lots yeah. of talk, lots of action plans, lots of good ideas. But and they, got, they got the legacy issues as well of the, of the old landlines. You know, and they can't let it go. So they've got to keep servicing them, and they've got to still um keep that business going and they're losing you know millions on that so that's like it's just a albatross around their necks so even though they're trying to spring forward and trying to partner with uh companies you know in broadband and so on they've still got to keep that old business going and that's that's a massive drag and they're not growing fast enough in the other businesses to really make that a nothing type business and wayne's did right just keep Keep away from it, you know. If you want to buy them, it's either Vodacom or MTN or nothing. You know, the others are too small to make any real difference. What's interesting for me is that it seems that management 
believes that it can really uh, significantly turn the business around. Uh, they've refused helping hands uh, from the, the private players, MTN and that uh, consortium by Sipo Maseko. Um, is there just no confidence that they can do it uh, alone at this point? Do, no. Wayne? Look, the, 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 problem, the problem with Telcom wasn't management, either, either old or present. The problem is where they are yeah. and the size mm. that they are in the industry that they are with their mm. legacy assets. Wow. I think management has done phenomenally well yeah. to get to where they are now, but the, the, you can't fight those forces. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear uh, you. you know, you can put other people's money into it, but don't put your own. Would you be putting your money, David, into BAT? <laughs> <laughs> into? Uh, into BAT, uh, the viewers asking, what did you think of the half-year results that were released today? Sorry, which one was uh, that? I missed BAT. British American oh, Tobacco, yes. No, no. I, I, I'm very good number. They continue you know, chirping about uh, the, the uh, non-combustible products and that. But for me, this is an industry that that churns out a lot of cash, pays good dividends, but it's a product that, that everybody wants to hate. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm talking governments, I'm talking mommies, I'm talking all of them, you know, especially mommies of teenage kids who are vaping and that. So I, it's, it's, it's a difficult product and that. If you, if you, if you want to make money, you want to get a good dividend, yes, but, uh, the results that come out, I can't fault them, but it's not a growth industry. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a dying industry. Um, so, um, I mean, is Wayne Wayne knows about he knows Wayne, about, you know Wayne, that yeah. <laughs> Can you still say it's <laughs> defensive, or is that questionable at this point? No, look, it's it's very you know smoking is not dying out tomorrow, so it'll still be around for many many years. And as David said, about eighteen percent of their turnover now is the non-combustibles, so that is good news. But this is clearly not an exciting company in a declining or dying industry over the longer term. Mm. So it's just a valuation story. The valuation looks reasonable. I certainly wouldn't put a huge amount of money into it. But you're going to pull a good dividend yield here that will grow reasonably consistently. But it's, it's not exciting here at all. Though. Mm. All right. Well, what is exciting? No, go, we're the smokers. They're always down in the ninth basement or something like this, or having to stand in the freezing cold with a coat and scarf on, you know, even the vapors. You know. so, yeah. so, I mean, you can see what people think of them. But, but, yeah, but the uh, restaurants you know, are, up in, yeah. are up in arms now about this new tobacco bowl. So uh, we'll see what yeah. that happens there. Um, well, what is exciting you? Let's get to your stock picks, gentlemen. David, what will it be? I mean, I, I'm still into my tech industry. The companies that I'm looking on are uh, more to do with cybersecurity, especially now that AI is expanding. You know, if you listen to Microsoft and you listen to Alphabet, all they spoke about was AI, but there's an element. So I'm looking at a company called Palo Alto. I'm horrible, you know, it's horrible to say it's up about 75% this year, but already. But I still think these are areas that we've got to look at as well. You know, once you start to get more people getting involved in AI regulation and that you've got to look at the security side and certainly the companies themselves, uh, the businesses that are offering it, you know, are, are going to have to offer this area. So the one I've looked at is Palo Alto, but there are others that you can check in as well. Uh, so uh, short of anything 
clever to say tonight. That's that's where I'm going. <laughs> ah, all right. Wayne, what is exciting you right now? Very similar to David, actually. I'm going to go for Microsoft. I know the results oh. came out yesterday. Um, everything was fine except the outlook statement and the share price has come down 4 or 5%. And I think it gives you a, a, you know, a better opportunity to get into a really good share. And of course, they same exactly what David said as well. They're all on about AI and how they got everything and they got all their ducks in a row and everything. And, you know, why not buy it a little bit cheaper? I know it's recovered totally from the tech sell-off and it's back at essentially previous highs that, that we've seen. But the results, I think, were, were okay. And a bit of share price weakness is not a bad time to buy shares. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much, gents, for your time and for your analysis today. Uh, there were a lot of questions that were coming in, but don't fret, Julieta. So are we with you tomorrow. next week or are we getting the blonde back? <laughs> no, I, think, I think the blonde is back. <laughs> the blonde is back. To our viewers, the blonde is back tomorrow as well. Uh, that's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest, David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wade McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. The close with Bloomberg is up next. Stay watching.